Often we rely solely or primarily on conventional medicine to treat symptoms and disease. But these can mask the problems, so we never get to the root cause of the disease. There are better choices. Welcome to Generation Regeneration with your host, Sandra Guy Malhotra. Conventional medicine does play an important role in effective treatment, but even more important are the daily lifestyle, food, and spiritual choices we make. Now, here is Sandra Guy Malhotra. Welcome, welcome to Generation Regeneration Holistic Radio. It's 3894438.4. I'm your host, Sandra Malhotra, also the owner and publisher of Regenerate Magazine that you can check out at regeneratemagazine.com. We are thrilled that you're joining us today and want to provide information and inspiration on this show and in a magazine that will help you make daily choices that regenerate all aspects of your life. Because let's face it, being healthy is fun, and being sick and tired is not fun. That's no fun at all. Who wants to do that? But the fact is, if you just kind of sit around, eat junk, watch a lot of campaign commercials on TV, good health is probably not going to result. You need to make choices. So as many of you know, we added a new feature this year. The first show of each month has been dedicated to the Abundance Cubed Group Coaching Program for Wellness Entrepreneurs with Coach Noam Kastuki. And our guest today, Lisa Ponichter, is a participant in this program. Lisa is a movement specialist with a Masters of Physical Therapy and is trained in the Feldenkrais method. She believes movement is life and life is movement. She loves helping others get back to doing what they love and doing it better and easier. She helps her clients reconnect with their natural ability to move through whole body movement explorations. And you can learn more at lisaponichter.com. That's L-I-S-A-P-O-N-I-C-H-T-E-R.com. Welcome back to the show, Lisa. It's great to have you here. Thanks, Sandra. Happy to be here as well. Good, good. Now, your specialty in physical therapy and Feldenkrais, can you tell us how you got to this point in your career? Why did you decide to work within these modalities? Um, Well, my journey started uh, with literally me falling into uh, uh, pain. I fell down a flight of stairs when I was younger and was in chronic pain myself. So going through traditional therapy, um, I uh, eventually found this method that I had no idea what the heck it was, but um, it changed my life and it literally gave me my life back. And so after, um, when I found the Feldenkrais method, I was already in PT school and traditional PT helped me to the point where I could sit, stand and walk 10 minutes, but then the pain would come back. And Feldenkrais literally helped me unlock um, the movement habits and the muscular contraction patterns that my body was stuck in. Um, So it unlocked those and got me out of pain. And I knew as soon as I um, started feeling better and being able to do what I I love to do, I knew that I needed to get that education to share it with people uh, like myself who didn't respond to this traditional therapy, um, or kept going back into pain patterns. So um, that's, mm. that's why I, I do what I do, um, because it gives me extra juice when I'm able to help those people that have tried everything else under the sun and um, didn't get results. And then with this work, it really opens up uh, connections so that they can, they can feel better and do what they love. 
Yeah. So are you limited in any way at this point or have you moved beyond to where you can do pretty much whatever you want to do? I can do pretty much whatever I want to do, but because this method builds awareness, I am very aware of what I'm doing because I like to feel good. Um, mm-hmm. Like if anybody slouches in a chair for uh, four hours or one of my pet peeves is if you're at a restaurant and you're sitting in one of those high back tables, mm-hmm. you either have to arch your back really hard to... Um, stay upright or you end up slouching because you put your feet on these little platforms or the rungs of the chair or the table and then you, you can't help but slouch. So I feel good if I watch what I'm doing, if uh-huh. I sit four hours slouching. So I, I definitely am I'm posture conscious and um, uh, aware of the signals my body's giving me when it's time to move. But other than that, I'm pain free and can do pretty much anything I want. Wow. That's a pretty remarkable recovery. In fact, you like to dance. Is that true? Yeah. So you're not only just going about your daily routine, walking and standing and sitting and exercising, but something as rigorous as dancing you do now too. Exactly. Yep. And yeah. uh, at one point doctors told me I'd be in pain the rest of my life. And so I just, I, I really relish and cherish the fact that I can dance and bike and run and do whatever the heck I want to do. So, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Doing what you love. All right. So, for those who aren't familiar, can you go into more detail about the Feldenkrais method? How would you define it and how does it differ from other types of therapy? Um, yeah, Feldenkrais is really about uh, body awareness and becoming aware of all the connecting pieces of your whole. So many of us function with, um, due to um, strain patterns, habits, previous injuries, um, overuse, we develop these blind spots in our our skeleton. And um, Feldenkrais is a very gentle approach that helps you become aware of the connections. Like when you move this part of your body, how does it connect to the rest? And um, it's, it's a really... It's different than anything else that's out there. Um, A lot of people ask me if it's like yoga, and it's not because it it really works in a way that um, has you connect with your skeletal bony components so that you can feel better what you're doing when you go to do your yoga. So whatever it is that you do, you can take this method to... Um, enhance that, whether you're a golfer, um, a yoga person, or you just want to get up and down off the floor easier from your yoga class or to play with your, your grandkids. Um, but the thing that differs, I'd say, the most from traditional um, physical therapy is that it's very gentle, so it works with your brain and your body. So typically, uh, sometimes people call physical therapy pain and torture, and um, it's definitely not what this is. So instead of fighting the body and pushing you into more pain, we're actually um, calming your nervous system down so that change can actually occur because it's a dance between the muscles uh, picking up information and sending it to the brain, and the brain is the control center, so that's what we've got to talk to. So if you've had a string pattern or an area of tension, we have to go in a way that's gentle so that the brain can actually shift the messages 
it's giving your muscles so that you can have better flexibility, um, get those uh, muscles that keep going into spasm to learn how to shut off and the muscles that are under-functioning to step up to the plate. So it's really awesome at, at building the balance that sometimes goes away when we get into repetitive movements, especially if we're using a lot of force or if we do those movements uh, quite a bit every day. Okay. Um, and the other, the other thing that's really cool is it's um, a lot of times mimics um, whole body motions that, that babies or little kids do. Um, you don't really see a kid or a baby that has muscle tension patterns. There's something in the brain that really likes whole body movements. So they're very uh, relaxing. A lot of times there's rolling, there's gentle movements that connect one area to the other. Um, We also focus on breathing. So it's a very relaxing um, thing. A lot of times people say to me, hey, what is this funny type of massage you're doing? Um, (laughs) And and it's um, similar to a massage, but it's not. Um, and it's done in one of, one of two ways. There's um, verbally guided movement exercises that I give people to do at home as well as the hands-on component where I um, draw their attention to um, certain blind spots or certain movements that they may or may not be sensing. Ah, so by hands-on, uh, what exactly is it that you're doing? Are you are you just directing the person, or are you applying pressure and sort of massaging? What does what the hands-on component involve? Well, when a person comes in, typically they come in with some type of issue uh, that they want to work on, want to improve, or to get some pain to go away. Um, so I'm looking at when they come in, I do a full evaluation. I look at how they're standing. I look at how they're walking and moving. And so um, most of the work is done lying down, typically. Um, Some of it's done in sitting and standing, but a lot of it is done lying down. Um, And it can be anything from moving uh, their leg to their shoulder to um, uh, gently moving the shoulder and the pelvis if they're on their side, Um, depending on what it is that could be improved that I see in their motion, we explore those areas. Mm, Okay. And so is a session typically around an hour long and does there have to be a series and then also exercises done at home to make progress? Um, Yes. Well, the sessions typically for the evaluation is around an hour. Um, Typically treatments are done 45 minutes because that's Mm. where the brain kind of shuts off its learning after uh, after 45 minutes. Um, but the idea is that a person keeps learning. And um, so, in all honesty, it depends on what their goals are and what they would like to achieve. Um, but when I saw a video of a woman in her 80s doing Feldenkrais and she was moving as fluidly as a person in their 20s, I was like, wow. wow. I'm going to do this for life. So literally, I think everybody could continue forever, Um, but I'm happy when they're happy with what they want to do. Typically, people come in, um, if they're having some type of pain issue, twice a week for two months, and typically they've reached a ton of things that they want to do by that time. Um, Sometimes people can't work with me that often, so we work around that, and I also do group classes, so that's another way people can... um, benefit from the method is coming to a group class where they're just guided through 
um, the movements themselves versus me taking them through um, the movements. But I definitely give people um, uh, what I call movement uh, explorations to continue at home. So let's say um, if they're lying down on the table and I gently push through their right shoulder and the movement is stopping somewhere in their rib cage and not mm. connecting to the pelvis, um, that's a, a guarding pattern, which is not going to help them walk very efficiently because if they take a step with the leg and the, the weight doesn't transfer up from the pelvis to the upper part of the spine or the upper back very easily, um, that causes muscular guarding somewhere through their back shoulders, neck, etc. So I give them little pieces of movement that um, helps them connect those things. And depending on how strong that habit is, they may need to do that exercise in the middle of the day when they start to get pain or at the end of the day, um, depending on how strong that habit and pattern is because... Yes. Uh, you know, everybody has a different history. So yes, yes. Okay. So it's also my understanding that we can store a lot of emotional trauma in our bodies as well. Mm-hmm. That what we experience through life, it, it doesn't really just go away, we can hang on to it. So do your clients ever have emotional things that they're working through also? And if so, how do you deal with that? Oh, definitely. Um, There are times where, uh, well, one of the most profound stories, and this is when I first started um, sharing this work with people, um, one woman, um, she was there for some really odd type of uh, leg pain that really didn't make sense from a physical therapy standpoint, um, but it was leg and back connections that were tough for her, so we started doing some movement exploration through the pelvis and the back and how that connected. And um, she had a lot of emotions come up um, regarding uh, where she, when she was gang raped when she was younger. Oh, my goodness. And um, that happened after the session. So I wasn't even with her when that happened, oh. but she came back and told me. And um, it started the healing process, actually, for her yes. just by... Uh, reclaiming the ability to move and sense through an area of her body that she blocked out of her awareness. So that's how powerful this work is. Um, And she was able to move through that and she had support of a therapist as well. But when when someone gets emotional, um, that is part of the whole person, body, mind, spirit. So it's not just a piece that we're just working with the physical emotions come up. We deal with that. And and sometimes people need more habit changes with their thoughts of how they think about themselves or what they say about their bodies, even how they refer to, um, well, that thing there and they're pointing to their knee. And so Mm -hmm. I help them say, oh, well, your knee. And they can say, yeah, my knee. Um, (laughs) So it's, uh, there are a lot of verbal things that come up for people in their habits. Yeah. So we look at their emotions when when those things present themselves too. So definitely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that, that must be a big part of it. So when something like that happens, I uh, assume you can deal with it to a certain extent, but if something is really quite intense, do you have to refer the person to a therapist at that point? So is there sort of a, yeah, yeah. Yes, definitely. Because uh, yeah. I am not a psychotherapist and I've got right. um, some, really good friends who are uh, non-traditional psychotherapists and um, yes. uh, 
that's a big part of healing. So, yeah, when it's outside of yes. my scope of practice, just like if I'm working with someone and um, I can tell their spine is out of alignment in their upper cervical um, area, yes. you know, I refer them to a doctor who can take care of that. Yes. Um, because we're, we're all on the, the same page of trying to help the people we're working with uh, right. have the highest level of wellness. So that's why I think it's really important to work with a team. That's right. Yes, that's a really good point about the team because you are dealing with the whole being. And so Mm -hmm. there may be some emotional things that come up that they need to deal with someone who specializes in that. Uh, There may be some more structural things that you discover and there may be a specialist in that. So uh, it sounds like by working with Feldenkrais, you can discover a lot of things about the person and really help them on their journey to overall healing. Yeah, so, and, yeah. and it may not be just about getting rid of pain, and that's one other yeah. difference be- between what I do and um, traditional physical therapy because sometimes people come to me and they just want to get better at their performance, um, make their mile uh, running time quicker or have better power and accuracy with their golf swing. So it might not have to, to be about pain, but it's about you know what, what makes them happy and what they want to do. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Lisa, to this wonderful introduction to the Feldenkrais method and the type of work that you do. And we're going to continue talking about this on the other side of the break. But for right now, we are going to get ready to go ahead and take a short breather. But before we go, I would like to thank our sponsor for today's show. We have Mompreneur Parul Agrawal. She would like to call all mom bloggers, mom authors, and mompreneurs to be part of her crowdsourced book, By Moms for Moms. 100 moms from all across the globe are coming together to talk about their fears, challenges, experience, and their most powerful and weakest moments raising a child in today's complicated world. If you have a story to share, contact Parul at moms at paruleagrawal.com. That's P-A-R-U-L-A-G-R-A-W-A-L.com. And thank you, everyone, for joining us today. I am here with Lisa Ponichter, a movement specialist with a master's of physical therapy and trade in the Feldenkrais method. And she's telling us all about the movement therapies that she does, and they are quite powerful. So stay tuned, and we'll see you in a few. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Introducing the Abundance Cubed Coaching Program on Gen R Holistic Radio. Wellness entrepreneurs who integrate the best of modern and holistic approaches will fix our broken food and healthcare systems. So host Sandra Maholtra and creator of masterpieces Noam Kostuki are going to empower them to do just that. We will help five entrepreneurs grow and unlearn limiting beliefs during this program. You too can learn alongside them by turning into Gen R Holistic Radio the first Tuesday of each month. Join us for an adventure in expansion. GMOs or genetically modified organisms are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. 
Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm here with Lisa Ponichter, a movement specialist with a master's in physical therapy and trained in the Feldenkrais method. And she's telling us all about this wonderful modality. And during the break, Lisa and I had a quick conversation about wine tasting. So do you want to tell us how wine tasting connects to Feldenkrais? <laughs> uh, yes, not that we do those two together, but the right. parallels, <laughs> um, although I do love wine, but it's kind of like if you are a wine drinker, when you first started tasting wine, you might not have been able to pick up all the subtle hints and the flavors and the aromas. There's just so much to take in through your senses. So it's similar to um, all of us have different senses or levels of body awareness. And when we first started start doing a Feldenkrais lesson, um, I may ask a person what they're feeling or sensing here or there, and they may have absolutely no idea. But as uh, we continue to work together, they become more and more attuned to what they're actually feeling and sensing in their own body. So um, it's similar to wine tasting in that sense. And then they also get into more enjoyable movements because the idea is um, the more we know what we're doing, the better we can do what we want. And um, that's something that comes with this body awareness work. It's just kind of like when you really find a wine you like and you appreciate all these um, subtleties in the flavor, there's true enjoyment in there. And that's the idea with Feldenkrais. Like the more aware we are of our bodies, the better we can, um, like you may know after taking years of golf lessons what your body is supposed to do. But when you explore Feldenkrais, it gives all the little subtleties of all the different ways your shoulder blade can slide and how that connects to the rib cage and then down into the turning through the spine. So I've had people come in that um, we were working on their back pain and several months of uh, doing Feldenkrais work and then they come back and they say, hey, my golf game's improved and I haven't even been out to golf for years because of my back pain. And um, so it's, it's kind of like you get that juice in life with um, Feldenkrais, like movements get richer, um, yeah. life gets richer and um, it's all just through exploring different habits and patterns of movement. We get more and more feedback, more and more awareness, and um, it's, it's just awesome. 
So ah, that's how it's okay. like wine tasting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wonderful analogy there. Now, you had mentioned uh, that you may work with people who play golf or other sports. So do you work, do you tend to work with a lot of athletes or people who uh, just need to improve their movement as a result of their everyday life, maybe from working at a desk or another profession? What's sort of the mix of your clientele? Who do you tend to work with? Um, most of people are, um, drawn to me because they're having some type of pain. Um, but what comes up when I'm working with a person is usually, you know, they have some type of activity that they want to get back to, some hobby, some sport, um, something that they want to get back to. For example, this one woman I've been working with, um, she's in her late fifties, early sixties as a grandmother and um, had back pain that wouldn't go away. And her goal was, well, you know, I'm going down to Florida here uh, uh, come November and I need to be able to golf again. Um, mm-hmm. So I do work with a lot of people that do golf, do yoga, um, but uh, they're everyday people that do any type of job from yeah. I work with engineers to people who are retired to um, I even work with um, children as well. There's one young gal who comes to my movement classes with her grandmother, and her grandmother is the one that brought her to me, and it was um, the grandmother's son that uh, brought the grandmother to me. So it's like I've, <laughs> I've worked with generations of, of yeah. families, which is really neat. That is really awesome. So. Before someone is trained in this method, they may not be very aware of their body. So what types of mistakes do you see people commonly making? Like you mentioned slouching, for example, or overarching your back. What other type of postural or movement things do we perhaps do without realizing it? Oh, yeah. Well, um, let's say you have a history of like a knee issue or a back twinge or something. You may find that that heel uh, when you're standing, um, goes inward. And that actually tightens the butt muscle and can arch the back more, um, which if that becomes a habit, that can just add to pain because when the butt muscles are tighter and the back is arched more, that can lead to more strain in the back and the leg as well. So that's one little thing. Um, so just by looking at someone standing, I can kind of see where they where they hold tension, where they might oh. get history of an injury. Um, a lot of times people think of posture as, you know, they've been told, pull your shoulders back, tuck your chin, arch your back up. Um, and, and those are all by force. Yes, mm. it's an idea of they want to be more upright. Um, but with Feldenkrais, we would say power is in the pelvis. And if you pay attention when you're sitting, like where is your pelvis? If your pelvis is rolled back, that's going to cause you to slouch. Yeah. And if you feel when you're sitting and you roll forward on your sit bones, which arches the back, that automatically brings your posture upright. And the cool thing with working with Feldenkrais is posture becomes less and less of a thing that needs to be worked on or forced because the body actually, um, when we do these type of movements, the brain reorganizes the body so you're naturally more upright. You're naturally um, sitting in a better position. 
And then, yes, it does take the conscious effort, and that's why the daily practice of doing these exercises keep us out of um, not only the bad habits, but they also help us adopt those good habits because we start to feel better when we're more upright in the world. And um, then we start to notice, oh, if I'm slouching, there's a strain, and I can do this with my pelvis to get better quote-unquote posture, but it's really, life is about, um, in Feldenkrais, I like to say, action. It's about your action and what you want to do. So we're not um, just staying static in life. We're moving. So we shift our posture to the best actions that we can have in the moment to serve whatever it is that we're trying to do. Oh, Yes, and I just adjusted my pelvis, actually, because I realized I was slouching as I'm sitting Yay! here. So once you described that, I was like, and could you, oh. Yeah, could you feel when you bring the pelvis forward that yeah. that brings the whole upper body up? Yes, yes, absolutely. So I never really thought of it as moving from there before. I always thought of it as moving from the spine somehow. Yeah. As, as adjusting you the spine. are not alone. Most of us, that's what we think. And we think, oh, we got to, you know, bring the spine upright, shoulders right. back, chest forward. But uh, when you roll the pelvis forward and backwards several times, that kind of makes it stand out in your brain and your awareness that, hey, the, the power really comes from the pelvis to bring you more upright in the world. And it's kind of unfortunate that chairs typically slope down in the back, which yeah actually forces us to a slouching posture, which is not good. So chairs need to be re-engineered. <laughs> yes, <laughs> for sure. Now, you had also mentioned that you had worked with one family, multi-generational, so uh, a bunch of different age groups there. So at what point do folks typically come to see you, and would it behoove them to start seeing you a little younger to be more preventative? In other words, uh, would someone maybe in their adolescent years or 20s even find value in this, even if they don't have pain yet? Yes, um, and more and more so today than previously because um, youngsters so much are on small devices, which brings their head forward, which brings their arms and their shoulders forward. Um, more so than when people weren't on um, smaller devices, handheld um, iPads and, and phones. Um, and that a lot of times can lock the upper back. And that that actually is, a, I think, a wonderful thing that um, getting into schools and uh, getting to children so they can have more of the body awareness when they're younger can prevent a lot of the people coming to me in their 30s and 40s and, and beyond that um, because if we plant the seed of better body awareness then, then they can make that shift and hopefully prevent pain and keep themselves functioning better. Yeah, okay. All right, so the small handheld devices are the issue for younger people. What about people around middle age, 30s, 40s, say 50s? Is that what they're experiencing, the result of just uh, slouching at a desk or injuries or whatever has happened to them in their life? Is that what you tend to see in that age group? Yeah, in that age group, um, I mean, not everybody has the same job, but um, yeah. typically when a person's sitting all day, they can get 
stress from just sitting in uh, a chair that maybe isn't adjusted the right way or if the workstation's not set up to the best um, to support them or to where their head's really moving forward. Um, and then it's also body mechanics. So if the person's doing a lot of bending and lifting and yeah. um, they don't have the awareness of, hey, where really are my hip joints to hinge from versus bending through the back? And mm. I bend 400 times a day. I've got a... It's going to put strain on the body if they're not moving right. So um, a lot of times in midlife, uh, it can be anything from, I see people who are in car accidents, so it might not be related at all to uh, what they're doing during the day. Um, but uh, Feldenkrais is actually really good for people who have been in a car accident, especially um, right away because it is really good at getting a person out of trauma mode, which uh-huh. happens after uh, an uh, injury for ac- car accident, um, but also with stubborn chronic pain if they haven't gotten help for years on end. And, and that's where a lot of people in midlife um, sometimes are. Like It builds up over the years. Like They had a strain in their knee um, in their 20s, and then in their 30s they um, did something with their shoulder playing tennis, and then um, did something else later on, and so it can be multiple areas of pain that people come in with, and um, uh, so a lot of times it's it's going he- healing. I tell them is like layers of an onion. We go through one layer, and they might have the most complaints of neck pain right away, but as we start working, the neck gets better. But they notice something going on in their back. Well, the brain wasn't able to give them all the information of pain because there's only so much pain the brain can sensorily um, take in. So we work on one area and everything connects anyway, but like the, the layers of healing, one area gets better and then you become aware of, oh yeah, I did have an old injury here and this bugs me from time to time. And uh, so we can work on the connections uh, from there. So it can be quite a bit that, that a person comes in with. Right, right. And what about what I've heard referred to as the third act? So if you're saying your 60s, 70s, 80s even, is there is the brain and the nervous system still reactive at that stage of life and, and can, uh, can be healed in a way using Feldenkrais? Oh, definitely, definitely, yeah. definitely. There's... Um, uh, several people, actually one of the oldest gentlemen I've worked with, he was 101 years old. Wow. Um, yeah, uh, but lately I've been working with a lot of people in their 80s that, uh, you know, they say 60 or, yeah, the the new 80, 60 is the new 80, that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but um, a lot of people that have, um, like these two women that I've worked with um, in their 80s, they've had pain for like seven, eight, ten plus years, wow. and um, they're getting back into playing um, table tennis, one of them with their grandson, and um, the, the demeanor that that this one woman in particular came in with, because a lot of people, when they're in pain, they're not in a very happy mood. Yeah. Compared yeah. to now, it's like she's a different person, mm-hmm. and um, it was so sweet. Her husband was there with her during treatments, and when he said when she walked down the hallway after the treatment, I always have people walk after a session anyway to feel how they're moving, sense um, what they can feel in their bodies, and he 
whistles at her and says, honey, you're moving like you did when I first met you. And like that, <laughs> oh, that's that great. was just so amazing. Because it's usually the people in your life that are the closest to you that you notice when you start to walk different again. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. so, yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> we never have... Um, we can always keep learning, and um, yes. uh, I always say if you're not learning, you're dying, and this this work definitely keeps us uh, uh, learning and being able to use what we have and uh, continuing to explore our habits and patterns so that we can continue to feel good in our bodies, no matter yes. what the age. That, that's perfect. Yeah, so there's no age limit for this, uh, regardless of your stage of life. It sounds like this modality can really be helpful, uh, especially midlife and beyond when things may have accumulated. So, mm-hmm. okay, that's wonderful, everybody. Feldenkrais, <laughs> very powerful <laughs> modality. Well, thank you, Lisa. This is a lot of great information. And let's get ready to go to our next breakdown. But before we do, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Mompreneur Perul Agrawal. would like to call all mom bloggers, mom authors, and mompreneurs to be part of our crowdsourced book, By Moms for Moms. 100 moms from all across the globe are coming together to talk about their fears, challenges, experience, and their most powerful and weakest moments raising a child in today's world. If you have a story to share, don't hesitate to reach out. She'd love to hear from you. Moms at perulagrawal.com. And her name is spelled P-A-R-U-L-A-G-R-A-W-A-L.com. And thank you, everyone, for joining us today. I am here with Lisa Ponichter, a movement specialist with a master's of physical therapy and trained in the Feldenkrais method. And she's telling us all about these wonderful modalities. So we will be back on the other side of this break. And we're actually going to talk at that time more about Lisa's entrepreneurial experience because she is a wellness entrepreneur. So I'd like to talk about that. Thanks again, everyone. See you soon. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. GMOs or genetically modified organisms are plants or animals that have been genetically engineered with DNA from bacteria, viruses, or other plants and animals. These experimental combinations of genes from different species cannot occur in nature or in traditional crossbreeding. Most developed nations do not consider GMOs to be safe. Right now, over 80% of the corn and soy grown in the U.S. is genetically modified, and we should be able to choose whether we wish to consume these foods or not. Visit non-gmoproject.org forward slash learn dash more. Introducing the Abundance Cubed Coaching Program on Gen R Holistic Radio. Wellness entrepreneurs who integrate the best of modern and holistic approaches will fix our broken food and healthcare systems. So host Sandra Maholtra and creator of masterpieces Noam Kostuki are going to empower them to do just that. We will help five entrepreneurs grow and unlearn limiting beliefs during this program. You too can learn alongside them by turning into Gen R Holistic Radio the first Tuesday of each month. Join us for an adventure in expansion. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. 
To connect with Sandra, send an email to Sandra Malhotra at wcubedcommunity.com or tweet at Sandra G. Malhotra, hashtag WeAreGenR. She looks forward to your comments. Now back to Generation Regeneration. Hello and welcome back, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. I'm here with Lisa Ponichter, a movement specialist with a master's of physical therapy and trained in the Feldenkrais method. And she has been giving us a wonderful introduction to Feldenkrais. If you haven't heard of it before, the first two segments of this show were a wonderful introduction to it. So what I'd like to actually talk about in our final segment here is Lisa's experience as an entrepreneur because she has her own practice. So Lisa, can you take a moment and tell us about your journey as an entrepreneur? Because you did work previously for a health system and then decided to go out on your own. So what drove you to make that change? Ah, um, well, the uh, healthcare system in our country, of course, has been an ever-changing thing. And um, years ago, when I first started the training for Feldenkrais, my bosses um, were very supportive, like, oh, that's going to help our patients, and um, uh, let's have you do the training. Yeah. It evolved through five bosses, and of course, that boss was getting pressure from the bosses overhead, but they basically told me, you can't do Feldenkrais with people because it takes too much time, Ooh. and I really had a heartbreak with that because I'm like, yeah. well, if I spend more time with this person, it could take away their back pain and change their life, yeah. and it didn't matter. It was the numbers that mattered and to them, and that was my biggest impetus to hey, I've got to be out on my own so I can share this work because I truly know it can make a difference in lives because it made a difference in my life and hundreds and hundreds of people I had worked with by that time. And um, like, so that was my biggest motive because I wanted Mm -hmm. to practice the Feldenkrais method, which works so much um, uh, quicker at creating lasting change than just throwing someone on these exercises that may or may not help them because it's not piecing together the whole in their body. So that was my biggest um, push to do that. Um, And besides the fact that uh, just um, coming home feeling like I had uh, just run a marathon every day when I was working for someone else, it's it's a blessing to work for yourself, even though there are headaches, of course, working for yourself. I am my own secretary, I have to um, deal with my own scheduling and um, deal with the billing company I've hired and all of that, but um, being your own boss, there's really something about that that um, uh, feels good to me. I'm I'm not a morning person, and I used to start um, for a few years anyway at the hospital system at 7 a.m., so that was extremely difficult to do, and now I can choose when, when I decide to see my clients. (laughs) Yes. One of the big advantages of being an entrepreneur for sure. So what would you say some of your biggest challenges have been? Did you have to work through any insecurities or fears when going out on your road? And if so, how did you do that? Um, I I mean, I'm definitely still learning in everything in life. We're learning. Um, I've made, a lot of uh, errors in a lot of people in the healing industry um, aren't 
we don't put money at the forefront. So Hmm. when there was unpaid bills or someone's auto insurance not paying, um, those things piled up and, um, you know, I definitely have learned that I've got to take care of those things in the beginning versus let them sit because as a wellness entrepreneur, even though we love to help people, we also have bills and uh, we need to eat food too. Yes, for sure. Yeah, it's sort of like when you're on the airplane and they say, if the oxygen masks drop down, put it on yourself first before helping others. So yeah, you do need to take care of yourself and make sure you're whole in order to help others. So very, very important point there. That's a really good point. Mm -hmm. (laughs) For sure. So would you say that's one of the biggest lessons that you've learned as an entrepreneur is just, well, taking taking care of the financial side, even though that's not necessarily why you went into this, but it's very important. Yes. I mean, that's definitely um, one of the pieces. I, I like to learn, and I think about a uh, handful of years, I went to a financial seminar, and I never used to like look at finances before that. So it's been a huge area of learning for me over the past several years, especially being, you know, if you're not working for someone else, you've got to you know, pay attention to money. Yes. Um, yeah, that, that's been a huge area of learning. And, and just um, also just really being upfront with people like, hey, you know, if, if you cancel, I need 24 hours notice yes. so I can get someone else in on my schedule if you're not going to show up or whatnot. So typically I work with really good people that are extremely courteous and let me know ASAP if they need to cancel or switch. But, um, you know, it's something I've, that's, I've, had to deal with before and it's been it's been a learning just being able to speak up about what you need and set yes. some ground rules and uh, um, it's also a learning for me just um, getting out there and finding space was an issue um, good space to work in and uh, um, you know everything everything has to come together to where it's a quiet atmosphere, which I struggled with at the hospital system when I was there. It wasn't always the best environment to do the Feldenkrais work uh, at a hospital system. So that that was another reason for me uh, getting out on my own. Mm. Okay, so you could control the environment, make sure it was the most conducive to the modality. So yeah, that's a really good point. Um, And also, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, you're a participant in the Abundance Cube program that we're doing with Noam Kastuki here. And you and Noam appeared on the show here on August 9th to describe your experience with the program. That was a really interesting show. And for those who missed it, you can catch the podcast. So as a result of this particular coaching program, what would you say you learned and what were the biggest takeaways for you from working with a coach like Gnome? Oh boy. Um, you know, that's a whole, that's a huge um, thing to answer because it's yeah. covered so much in, in this past year. And I love that um, we had to read a lot of different books that um, we started out with branding. And, and that's been huge for me because trying to describe Feldenkrais to people and then getting down to the golden nugget that I help people get back to the joy of what they love. Yes. Um, the, so the branding piece has been huge. Also, the idea Gnome shared with us about shipping, Um, Seth Godin has a TED Talk about shipping that 
when you've got a project deadline and, and being a perfectionist like I have a tendency to be, um, I could be working on a project or a workshop or a book like I'm working on now. And, um, you know, if you don't ever ship, you're never going to have the final product. So right. I've implemented dates to um, get my book done and I shipped off my chapter on Sunday evening and that felt really, really awesome. So that's Ooh. been one of the huge golden nuggets um, for Gnome lately that I just feel so much more energy because if I know on this date I'm turning this in or this date I'm going to set up that workshop, then there's more energy because things are happening versus being a figment of my imagination mm. and that's huge. That's huge because the, the yeah. more shipping you do, the more fun you're going to have, the more people you're going to reach. And if something doesn't yes. work, you can restructure it and ship something else. Yes. Yes. There you go. Yeah. And for you, I think the branding was a big piece because it seemed at the beginning of the program, what you wanted to do to the outside world was explain what Feldenkrais is. You wanted to just explain yeah the technicalities of it, because it's fascinating what it is, but that may not be as appealing to someone in pain as to what it does. And so exactly, Sandra, that's so true because I was so used to speaking to like my, my fellow PT colleagues and trying to explain that, but I was, I was in the habit of explaining like how the neurological changes happen. And it's like, the regular person doesn't want to know that. They just want to feel better and be able to do what they love. So and right. that that has been huge, yeah. Right. And even my website has shifted from yes. like an encyclopedia of what the heck it is <laughs> that it does to yes. a much more flowing website where there's information and pictures and um yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that impacted, like you said, your website, um, also the advertising that you do. You've done advertising mm-hmm. in your area for your practice and you've led with the what it can do for you. Uh, not exactly how it does it, but how it will make you feel better. And so, yeah, that was that was a big one, I think, for you. And also, what about... Um, just your confidence as a business person, because although you are in a healing profession, you are a businesswoman, first and foremost. So did this program help you think of yourself more along those lines? Yes. And and one thing that Noam really um, um, stuck out to me was um, that he said was that Speak about yourself as your clients do. And, and being a healer in the healing world, most of us have a habit of being very humble and not like tooting our own horns. But yeah. when he said that, and I think that's something a really good business person does, they share those stories of um and they speak about their work as their clients do. So um it's easier for me to say, um, the things that, yeah, I'm a bringer of hope and change and I can transform your pain and help you feel better and do what you love. And, you know, people call me their healing movement angel. Um, you know, <laughs> they gave, I, I give them their lives back. So it's, it's different and it's not in a way that you're bragging, but good business owners, they, they love what they do and the product that they have and they know that it can make a difference. And with my whole heart and mind, I know that I can help people move more efficiently because this work just does that. It simply does. So it's not about bragging. It's just simply sharing the product and the service that I have yes. 
and I can transform lives. And, oh, you know, that, that gives me <laughs> tingles. And now I feel, yes, I do feel more confident in sharing that versus before. It's just kind of like um, the, the, I don't know what transformed, but instead of, um, like, when you have a gift, you've got to be able to share it. And especially yes. when you're a business owner, you want to reach more people. So um, I feel like I'm better able to articulate that. Uh, through through this program and all the books I've read and all the the coaching calls I've had and uh, <laughs> yeah it's it's been a it's been a huge blessing. Oh, that's awesome! And I think you hit the nail on the head there, which is that if you do go into a healing profession, really what you want to do is help as many people as possible, and to be able to do that you have to take care of your business. So if you are not taking care of yourself, not taking care of your branding and your marketing and putting yourself out there confidently, you may be playing a much smaller game than you could be. So it's been wonderful just watching this transformation for you and the others that are in this program working with Gnome, who is an incredible coach, um, to be able to really internalize all of that. So really, really awesome. Yay. <laughs> yes, we did so much this year, all of us. It's been amazing. Yeah, for sure. for sure. Okay, so let's close out here. Let's let everyone know where you are, where they can find you on the web and social media, and what may be coming up for you. Okay, yeah. I, my website is lisaponichter.com, and Ponichter is P-O-N-I-C-H-T-E-R, if it's easier to remember Awakening Movements at, with an S at the end of Movements, uh, awakeningmovements.com, that will take you to my very same website. Um, they can also find some of the lovely um, natural anti-inflammatory support products that I use at Nutrametrics, N-U-T-R-A-M-E-T-R-I-X.com. Um, and then I'm also on Facebook, Awakening Movements, Feldenkrais, and Physical Therapy. And coming up, I have more, um, I, if they're local in the Royal Oak area, I have weekly movement classes. And I'm going to be starting some movement-specific uh, workshops for um, dancers will be the first one, and I haven't tied down a date yet, but that's something I'm going to be shipping out very soon. Okay. Well, very good. Okay. Well, thank you for all this wonderful information. And if you are lucky enough to live near Lisa in Royal Oak, Michigan, definitely look her up and check out the Feldenkrais method that she practices. It sounds like it could be life-changing. So thank you very much, Lisa, for joining us today and sharing all this wonderful information. Oh, I just want to say my blogs have movement videos for people that aren't local yes. just so they can get the benefits too. So, but thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> videos on her blog, people. <laughs> Don't want to forget that. That's an important one. YouTube, Lisa Ponitor on YouTube, everyone. Yes, and I have seen those videos and they really are wonderful. They're easy to follow. So, all right. Well, thank you, Lisa. And thank you everyone for joining us today. And don't forget to follow Regenerate Magazine on Facebook and check out all of our articles about health and wellness at regeneratemagazine.com. Thank you so much. Have a great day, everyone. Namaste. <music> Thank you.
Thank you for tuning in to Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. Please join us again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. In the coming week, think of the changes that you could make to regenerate your body, mind, and spirit. 